Welcome to another inspiring message from David Hall, pastor of LifePoint Church, Adelaide, Australia. It's our sincere prayer that you would experience the presence and power of the Holy Spirit as you listen to this message. For more information, please visit davidhall.com.au. We praise and we bless God at all times. There's a continual praise of God in our mouths. But I, but I want to break this down for a minute because often there's an idea that, uh, that says, I can praise God wherever I am. I can praise God all the time. And we can. But David mentions that, but he goes on and he says, uh, His praise will continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Then he says this, and it's interesting because he says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. And let us, somebody say us. He says, let us exalt his name together. David right there, I'm going to obviously take this a bit deeper this morning, but it seems to me that he's telling us that we can praise God all the time, but there are times where we magnify and praise God together. There is something biblical about corporate praise and worship. There's something biblical about what we've done today, where we've come into the presence of God. We've worshipped Jesus together. He goes, if we look at Psalm 149, why don't we turn there for a minute? We'll just bounce around the Psalms for a little bit this morning. And I I really believe that God's going to hopefully open our minds to a whole greater reason as to why we praise and worship together. And I, let me encourage you, whatever we do together, let's do it on our own as well. Let's do it in our homes and in our families. But let's have a look. It's the second last psalm. And, and it says this. We're not 100% sure who gave us this psalm, but he says this in verse 1. Praise the Lord. Sing a new song. And his praise in the assembly of the saints. Yeah. Let Israel, so that's not just one person, that's a lot of people, that's the, that's the people of God. Let the people of God rejoice in their maker. Let the children of Zion be joyful in, in their king. Uh, I love this, let's praise his name with the dance. It's been a while since some of you have done the dance. How many remember the dance back in the day, the old, we used to do that dance. Let, let them sing praises to him with a timbrel and harp. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He'll beautify the humble with salvation. Let the saints be joyful. I don't want to get on my soapbox and whinge today about all things church, but I, I worry that we, we're going to lose, and I'm not so worried here, but in the greater body of Christ, I worry that we're losing joy from the church. So many songs are about, oh, in my pain and in my despair when the lights are out and everything's going wrong and I'm alone. And... What about a bit of joy? Oh, happy day. I, I feel like we sing so many songs from a position of defeat. Oh, I'm not defeated. I'm living in victory and so are you. And so this should be a joy. Anyway, that's not, that's not in my notes. So I shouldn't, I shouldn't digress. I digress and I shouldn't. Let's have a look. One more. I want to give you one more. Psalm 95. They all pretty much the same, say the same thing. And I love this verse one. Oh, come, let us. Somebody say us. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully. To the rock of our salvation, let us come before his presence with singing. Let us shout joyfully to him with psalms. For the Lord is the great God, the great King above all gods. Verse 6, O come, let us bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. For he is our God and we are the people of his pasture, the sheep of his hand. Verse, I love this. For he is our God. So, when it comes to worship, I think we have a pretty clear understanding of the 
vertical aspect. And I say praise and worship. I'm not delineating today between fast and slow and all that. I, I'm just, let's just talk about when we get together and praise and magnify and worship God. We, I think we all have a fairly strong understanding of the, the vertical aspect of praise and worship. Why, why we sing? Because we exalt our God. He is worthy. Uh, worship is about giving somebody the honor that they're worth. That's why some people call worship as a bit of a, a play on words, worship, because God is worth our worship. We worship Him. We sing from our heart to God. We magnify Him. We lift our hands. We praise His name. We, we magnify Him. And, and we very much, I think we understand that when we come to church and we magnify God, we understand the vertical aspect of that. Why we do that in terms of us and our relationship with God. It makes sense. It's quite, it's quite a simple concept. We, we love Him. We worship Him. And in many ways, and maybe it's just my feeling, but you, you see people get saved. It's not hard to see them get into worship. It's a natural response to what God has done. And, and so we, we, we often talk about, yeah, we worship God because of who He is and what He's done and all of those things. And those things still are the, are the chief reasons we worship. But I don't know if we have spent as much time thinking about why we worship in terms of the point of doing it together. Why, what, what is the horizontal power of our worship? What's the, what's the power in this room? And I'm not taking God out of the equation, it's very much in it. But sometimes we've considered worship as just, as just this. And we don't understand the power it has in here when we worship God. And I don't want to reduce all of what we do to what makes the church good. Because this is not about uh, lowercase church, this is uppercase church. This is how the body of Christ really has even more power. There is such power in praise and worship. And I know, I know we know it, and I know we all, all would think, yes, absolutely. But I, but I want to give you some insight this morning as to, as to how that works. And, and because, let, let me say this first. And, and, and there's plenty of other pastors in this church with a lot more experience than me. But I've had people question everything over the years. Why do we, why do we tithe? Why, why do we have to have home groups? Why not a Bible study? Or why can't the building be this color? Why can't the chairs face that way? Why can't services be shorter? We, some people want them longer. Why can't... If, if, you, if you try to embrace everyone's opinion, you'd, you'd need to close the thing down. Because everybody has a different view. But I've never had anyone, as long as I've ever been a pastor, say to me, why do we sing? Why do we worship? I think it's a fairly established thing that we do, that that is a key part of why we get together. We worship, we magnify God. And, and again, I, I really believe that's because it's probably a natural response for us to God, and, and so we, we understand that, but I want to look specifically today, why do we sing and worship God together? I was trying to think of all these great titles, I shared some of them with Donna, she looked at me like they weren't that good, and, and so really, if I was going to give this message a title, I want to speak on, uh, on the power of corporate praise and worship, why we do this, the power that it has, and, and, and I, I pray, and, and I really have been praying to God that God would just shift something in our church in the area of praise and worship, because I do believe that there can be a worship that, it, that is so passionate and powerful that it unlocks a move of God, that, and I don't want to get ahead of my notes and, and, and my thoughts today, but I believe that there is a worship that we can tap into where God walks in the room and sicknesses leave bodies and depression goes and broken marriages come together and, and God does something. And so I want to give you a few thoughts this morning. I think I've got about seven or eight of them today. And uh, 
I've got seven thoughts that I'd love you to write down because this is probably more, uh, more of a, a teaching this morning and, and just to, to reaffirm what we believe as a church. And, and, but I want to have a look at some thoughts because I really believe the Holy Spirit has been speaking to my heart this week about, about this installment of our, of our series. But I want to have a look at why do we sing and worship God together? The horizontal. Now, I'm not taking away from the vertical power. It's all about the vertical. But there is power in the horizontal. And sometimes we talk so much about the vertical that, that, that we don't realize not only do we get to magnify our God, but He's doing supernatural things amongst us at the same time. And I want to have a look at those. The first reason that we worship God together, the first reason and we have praise and worship together, number one is to be in unity. And, and I'd even love to say it this way, to promote unity, to create unity, to, to, to reinforce unity, uh, because I can't think of too many things that are more uniting than singing the same tune, than singing the same song. I mean, if, if I stood up here and sang one thing and Pastor John stood up and sang another thing, it would be very clear that we are not in unity if we're singing a different tune and humming a different tune. There is something about an orchestra. You can have a hundred-piece orchestra all playing totally different parts and different bits, but together they form one sound that, that, that people pay hundreds of dollars to go and hear and pack out the biggest arenas in the world. Concert halls are built to hear musicians in unity. Uh, playing the same song but maybe playing their part a little differently but they come together and there is a sound of unity in music. Music is a powerful thing that makes us united. It's the Holy Spirit that's given us the gift of music and, and singing in worship singing and worshipping God in unity. What it does, not only... I want to break this down because it's not just about us singing in unity, but you know there's a song going on in heaven too. The Bible talks about it in Psalms that God sings over us. The angels are singing over us. So when we sing, we get into unity together, but we're also getting in sync with a song of heaven. Oh man, that'll get you happy. We get in sync with a song of heaven. I, I don't know what it sounds like up there. I've not been there and, and I, want to, I want to go there, but not yet. But I will tell you one thing about heaven. There are some moments where we start singing and worshiping God and you feel like something's different. I feel, I feel like we're just connecting. We're getting in sync with glory. And, and that's what worship does. It's a, it unifies us as we come into unity with the song of God. And that's why worship is so important. It's important that we, that we as a church invest in worship, that we as a church, we come into church with a, a heart to worship because can I, I've been in church where our, our board might not agree on, or maybe our denomination might not agree with a certain decision. Maybe, maybe we might not as a committee like everything the same way or, or want everything exactly the same. We might have a different way. I might have a different way of viewing things as Pastor Jeremy or Pastor George or Pastor Keith. We might, we might look at things a little differently, but can I say, in this room, we all have different opinions. We all have different ideas. But when somebody's up here singing, oh, praise the name of the Lord our God. Oh, praise his name forever. I tell you, I don't think we could agree more that there is no name under heaven. Whether the walls are green, orange or lilac, whether the lights are brown, pink or blue, whether the singer's wearing a suit and tie or wearing jeans with holes in it, you know, those things become very unimportant 
important when we start singing a song about Jesus. And can I tell you, worship is that divine, uh, that divine, I don't want to use the word trick, but it, it is the divine mastermind plan of God. Not only do we exalt him, not only does his presence come and touch us, but he pulls hundreds of individuals from all walks of life. They can get under one roof and suddenly we're singing the same song. And you know, the Bible says in Psalm 133, and we know it, the Bible says where there's unity, God commands blessing. So what does he do? He says, I'm going to give you praise and worship because I'm going to give you a tool to unlock my commanded blessing. Worship brings the blessing of God because it starts. Oh, hallelujah. This is, this is the word of God. But you know, sometimes we, there's things that hinder our worship. Sometimes we let our sentimentality get in the way of the unity that God wants to bring. Because we've got a certain song we like and we, we don't like that one. I don't have a choice. Whatever they're singing, some songs that come down the pipe freak me out, you know. But, but you know something, if the words are magnifying Jesus, maybe the beat, I don't know, I don't know about that. But I'm going to clap, I'm going to sing because, because I, I want to be, be in unity with my brothers and sisters because I, I know that if I, can, if, I can, if, I, if I can come together in praise and worship, we, I'm, I'm promoting a thing that even Jesus prayed for. He prayed, Lord, yeah. let, them be, let them be one. Yeah. Amen. I don't know that we're one all the time. I don't know that we get it right all the time. I go for the crows. Some of you go for the port. Already there's division. The truth of, of, of life is we all see things different. Yeah. But the blood of Jesus, we all see the same way. Yeah. The name of Jesus, the person of the Holy Spirit. And church, I, I guess today it's in my heart that we would be a people who know the beauty of praise and worship and the power that it has to unify us. We've got, you, you, you might be visiting here today, we've got two churches that have been down the street for decades. At one point, I think there was an exodus from one to the other, and I think it's gone both ways a few times. We've had our challenges, but we're all under the same roof. There's no strife, there's no conflict, there's no problems. Why? Because we're not gathered under the name of a church or under the name of a denomination. We're pulled together under the name of Jesus. And God's knitting hearts. Supernatural things are happening. Why? Because our praise and worship, I believe, is a tool for us to be in unity. Why do you think the devil in, in, in heaven, the first church split we ever read of was in the worship department. And it's not because some people go, oh, it's just those creatives. And, and I understand. But I feel like the, the enemy's always had a target on praise and worship. Because if you can obliterate praise and worship in a church, you can, tap into, you can tap into the unity that God wants us to protect and God wants us to fight for. I don't want you to be united under my vision. Under my strategy. I don't, we're not united around those things. We're united around the name of Jesus. We're united around this book. And when we worship and sing the truth of the word of God, it pulls us together. You might not like me all that much, but do you know something? You can't disagree with me because we both serve the same. I mean, we, maybe small picture, but big picture. We actually walk in agreement. Yeah. Have you ever noticed you're friends with people in church that if in the real world you'd never be friends with those people? <laughs> You know, in the house of God, God can pull together that which would never be pulled together because we're singing the same song. Hallelujah. Number two, why do we worship? Now, this is probably a little bit more the vertical aspect of worship, but we worship to minister to God. It's not so much about the atmosphere, the feeling, the vibe, the song choice, the stuff. 
machinations of church life. It's just about giving honour and glory to God because He's worthy. The Bible talks in the book of Acts 13. It says uh, in verse 2, and they, a, a, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them. They ministered to God in worship and God supernaturally uh, unlocked the next phase of what was happening. They ministered to God. Their job was to minister to God and in ministering to God, God unlocked the next phase of what God's going to do in, the, in their church. When we minister to God, there's, there, there, the riches and the depths of His goodness can be found in that space. I, I want to encourage you, let's be a church. What does ministry mean? Ministry is doing something that benefits someone else at the cost of yourself. Some people want to be in the ministry because they think it's going to be great for them. No, ministry is about totally, totally losing your own life to serve the lives of others. That's what ministry should be. And that's when government officials that are ministers in parliament should have the same attitude. If you're going to be in ministry in any capacity, it's about emptying yourself to serve other people and laying your life down for other people. And you know, when it comes to worship, it's exactly that. We minister to God. We lay down our our, our pride. We lay down our attitudes. We lay down our, our challenges and we go, God, I bring you this sacrifice of praise and I'm going to minister under you. And God is there. And we'll talk a bit about that in a minute. But as we minister to God, doesn't he do good things in our lives? I I came today as we're singing and worshiping God. I'm singing Waymaker. Yes, I'm declaring it in the atmosphere, but I'm still reminding God, you are my Waymaker. Oh, you are my miracle worker. Oh, you're a promise keeper. Oh, hallelujah. I'm about to shout. My goodness. Number three, number three, number three. Where are we? Number three, to minister... The Holy Spirit to one another. Why do we work now? What I'm going to say, I, I have read this scripture, I've preached from this scripture 10,000 times. I've never, I've, never, I've never seen it from this perspective, but we minister the Holy Spirit to one another. Ephesians 5, verse 18 says, And do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Listen to this speaking to one another. Maybe better pronounced, better, better said communicating to one another. In Psalms, and hymns, and spiritual songs. Now, I don't want to get awkward. I'm not singing to people like, how's it going, you know, eye contact. Oh, praise the name. That's not what we're doing here. We can. You're allowed to make eye contact and sing to your neighbor. Have I told you lately that I love you? I don't mind. There's no no real, uh, there's no real non-awkward way to do that. But when we come together, the Bible says, speaking to one another, communicating to one another, in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. There is something about our, our worship that actually ministers to the people around and about us. I'm going to get into this a little deeper, but Jesus also talked about this kind of worship. He talked about, Paul writes psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. Jesus talks about worshiping in spirit and truth. Paul in 1 Corinthians 14 says, I, I sing with my understanding. And, and, and then he, and he says, I sing with the Spirit. And, and, and so this, this is an idea of worshiping in the Holy Ghost. It's worshiping, but it's also about what it does to the company of faith around and about us. I don't want to get, I don't want to get spooky or I don't want to get weird, but we should never be uncomfortable hearing someone else sing in the Spirit. Yeah. It should be a normal part of our church. It, 
It should be a normal part of Christianity. I'm not ashamed that as a church we sing and we worship in the Holy Spirit. I'm not ashamed of the baptism in the Holy Ghost. I'm not ashamed of speaking in tongues. I'm not ashamed of the gifts of the Spirit. We're not ashamed of that stuff. And I know sometimes you see visitors walk in and they're sitting next to someone who might be worshiping next to standing next to someone, and that person's like, and you can see the person like. Look at him like, what, what's going on? But do you know something? I, I, I trust the Holy Spirit enough. I actually trust the person of the Spirit more than I trust my own preaching, more than I trust my own leadership or, or my ability to navigate the complexities of visitors' emotions or any of those things. I trust the Holy Ghost because I know that if somebody's sitting next to someone that's directly connected to the person and the work of the Holy Spirit, God's power will touch them. God will do something. There is something powerful about what happens to one another as we worship in spirit and truth, as we, as we come together. And we sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. We sing and make melody in our heart to the Lord. But there's something powerful about what happens in this room. Something about my praise can stir something in yours. Or something about your worship touches something in mine. And together in unity, we start singing the song of the Lord together. We minister to one another. The touch of God comes in. And worship can be a place of the miraculous. Why? Because Paul writes, sing to one another psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. Can I be as bold to say, if our worship doesn't contain a little bit of singing in the Spirit, it's not the full picture of worship given to us in the New Testament. Jesus laid a pattern. Worship in Spirit and truth. Paul, our understanding and with the Spirit in psalms, hymns and shanahanahana, spiritual songs. Are you with me this morning? I'm working hard. Where are we up to? Number, number four. Oh, bless God. Number four. What, what's the reason we sing together? Because we proclaim and we confess truth. We proclaim and we confess, <coughs> excuse me, we confess truth. There's power in this idea. I'll show you a few reasons. The Bible tells us, uh, in, in Colossians 3.16, Paul's writing, he said, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another. Listen, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. So much of the scripture that I know and that I have learned growing up, serving God, so much of the scripture that comes out of my spirit, I learnt in song. A lot of the theology that we believe, I, I learnt because people would sing songs and there was a simplicity to praise and worship. Now, you, now most songs, it takes, one song takes a, one of the editions of the Encyclopedia Britannica. In verse, 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 bridge, verse, verse. Back in the day, it used to be, he brought me out of the miry clay. He set my feet on a rock to stay. He put a song in my heart today, a song of praise, hallelujah. But now we sing all this long stuff. We used to be able to sing 10 songs in 20 minutes. Now we can't get through one. I'm having fun this morning. So the problem is in this room, you're agreeing. Yes, that's right. But when we sing, we, we enforce spiritual truth. That's why we don't, we don't just sing any song that's coming, 
coming out. We want to weigh it up. Does it speak to where our church is at? It, are, the word, are the words what God's saying to us? You know, when Ari texted me maybe a couple of weeks ago, a link to this Waymaker and said, let's, let's sing this song in our church. How can you say no to just standing in a room declaring, Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, that is who you are. That, that's the best kind of praise and worship for me. I just want to tell God how good he is. He seems to like it because he comes by his power and anointing into an atmosphere. But as we sing, we're actually proclaiming the truth about God. Proclaim, and you think about this, unbelievers walk in and there's a company of faith where people are going, God, you're good. God, you're wonderful. I mean, sometimes I don't have the words to say, but a song from heaven can put the words in our mouth to say don't don't underestimate evangelism isn't just happening when someone says every head bowed and every eye closed evangelism's happening when we're up here going god you're good we magnify you you're worthy don't don't underestimate the power that worship has i'll get to that in a minute but there is as much evangelistic soul winning power in our praise and worship as there is in any other aspect of our meeting why because we're up here singing and declaring the truth of almighty god but again it gets even better than that because the Bible says in Matthew chapter 10 and verse 32, Jesus says, Therefore, whoever confesses me before men, him I will also confess before my Father is in heaven. Whoever denies me before men, I will also deny him before my Father in heaven. When we sing and we worship God, we're confessing Christ again as Lord of our life. I'm not saying we've lost our salvation, but we are continually confessing Jesus Christ is the Lord of my life. And there's a continual... He, he, said, he says, if you do that, I will. As we're doing it, can you imagine? I don't know what Jesus is saying to the Father in heaven. Oh, they're confessing you again. They're singing about you again. Why? There's something powerful in our confession. I mean, we confess all kinds of things all week, don't we? Oh, things are bad. The cat's gained weight. The neighbours are noisy. Forgot to put out the recycling bin. That's a, that is a problem. Problems, we confess our problems. It's cold, I've got the bad knees. Everything's going wrong. But then we can walk into church. Waymaker, yeah. miracle worker, promise keeper. That is who you are. We start to confess. We declare the lordship of Jesus. We're confessing Christ as Lord. It's a confession that God, I believe God responds to that confession in the name of Jesus. It provides you with an opportunity to profess your faith to others, to declare the glories of God before unbelievers. There is power in praise and worship. Number five, why do we praise and worship? To foster receptivity to the word of God and to the power of the Holy Ghost. To foster receptivity to the Word of God and the power of the Holy Ghost. I've preached a lot of times. Uh, I haven't preached as many times as a lot of others here in this church, but I've preached a lot of times and I've preached enough to know that bad worship does not always set you up for a great preach. But you get, you get on the tail end of a worship team that have touched heaven and, and you get into a place where the glory of God is, it's, it unlocks something within you. It, it cre- it, it, the book of Hosea 10 verse 11 says, uh, Judah shall plow 
It says, I'll make Ephraim pull a plow, Judah shall plow. That word Judah means praise. There's something about praise that plows the soil of our hearts for the reign of God to deposit seed into our spirit in order to do what God's uh, wanting to do in a meeting. There's something about our praise and worship that creates an atmosphere in our heart and life for the power of the Holy Spirit to do what He wants to do. I don't want you to come today to be entertained or to hear words that sound good to your ears. My goal, my desire, the reason I live, the reason I feel called to be a pastor is so that when people come into our church, their hearts would be softened so there would be a deposit of the power of the Holy Spirit in people's hearts and in people's lives. If you believe it, give the Lord. You know, you stay out of church for a month and then, and I'm not saying because you've been doing the wrong thing or anything like that, but for whatever reason. And then you get back into church, you're like, oh. why? Because the presence of God. It's like, that's right. I need to be in this. There's something about the power of God, the presence of God that plows your heart. Judah will plow. Praise plows. I feel like some Sunday mornings I watch Joel and Ari leading or whoever's on. And some days it's tough, some days it's easy, but what are we doing? We're plowing. Why? Because God wants to do something. God's got something today. There's a word that's in somebody's spirit that God's going to share in the heart of our church. And I want to encourage you. Let's make sure that our worship allows God to plow our hearts ready for what he wants to do in the name. Judah will plow. I pray that you be Judah. That as a church, those that are mature and seasoned in God would praise in such a way that you're helping us plow what God wants to do. We're plowing. Why? Because we need to pull in a harvest today. Why are we plowing? Because there's a harvest coming at the end of the meeting. Why are we plowing? And you know, sometimes when, when people get fickle over praise and worship, there really is that sense of needing to just grow up. You know, when, when it comes in, if we worship God based on our preference, we're immature Christians. And, and it's just a reality. And, and it may, that may be offensive, but it's true. And, and, and I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to be hurtful. I don't like every song. I don't get... I don't get pumped about every single thing that happens but it's not even about that these songs are merely a tool to do what i I want to do if the tool one week isn't as good as the tool next week doesn't mean i'm not going to do my job you just work with the tools you've got but we still magnify the king of kings and lord of lords we can't we can't let sentiment or preference dictate what's happening you know pastor andrew evans when he was at clemson we had a chat about this this week actually he he started to bring in drums and guitar and dancing and offended nearly all of the assemblies of God. Everyone was mad why they shouldn't be dancing in church and they were just doing that. It was just like a... It was like that. It was kind of like a Russian Cossack. And... But, but, you know, it was controversial. It caused trouble at a conference. and It was pushing a boundary. It was it, it, when, when guys like Jimmy Swaggart became well-known and, and they began to uh, bring electric guitar into their worship, people said, that's just rock music. The Assemblies of God were mad at him. Now you listen to it. It's like old-school worship. You know, there is always going to be psalmists out there pushing boundaries, doing stuff that may be a bit uncomfortable. But you've got to realize there's also, there's, all, there's also a body of people that look for that kind of stuff as well and so I don't want to sit back and go well it has to be according to my taste no I don't worship according to my taste I worship according to his goodness and I magnify his name praise his name in the name of Jesus oh number six number six why do we worship the Lord to bring breakthrough 
I don't have too much time, but the Bible says that Paul and Silas, so it wasn't just one person, there was two. When two or three are gathered in his name, there he is. They were worshipping together. They were in prison, they were in stocks, they were in chains. And the Bible says it was at midnight, they were singing hymns to God. What happened? Suddenly there was an earthquake, their chains came off. But not only did their chains came off, so did the chains of every other prisoner. I want to encourage you. If a move of God hinged on your worship today, would we have a move of God? If the move of God in church today hinged on your passion and your praise, would we have a move of God? I find people, Christians, can be so much more passionate about their department than they are about worship. Their function rather than their worship. I look around sometimes and some of the most dissenting voices never have lifting hands. Some of the loudest voices with the biggest opinions. I think sometimes when we're just worshipping Jesus, we realise how insignificant our opinions are and we just magnify God. I just want to encourage us to church. And I, I'm not here with a preloaded issue. I'm not, I'm not mad at anyone. I love it. I don't, I don't do that. I don't preach whatever I'm mad at. It's, it's ungodly and it's immature. I'm just saying over 15 years pastoring, that's what I've watched. Some of the people that cause factions in church that have power, they'll stand there during worship with their arms folded. Then you've got that new believer who doesn't care about any of that stuff. Oh, Jesus, I praise you. I want to be like that person. Another, another reason we worship number seven, to release joy. Joy. This church needs joy. Every church needs joy. You need joy. Some of you sit there today. Why are you smiling? Because you've got joy. There's joy in your heart. I'm not talking about happiness. I'm talking about joy. We need joy. This church needs joy. Every church needs joy. I pray that you'd leave full of joy. I love it when the Holy Spirit starts moving. Have you ever been in meetings where people get touched by God and they start laughing in the Spirit and everyone doesn't know what to do? It's like if they're crying, we know what to do. We can gather around and hug them and we can bring up. But when someone's laughing, you are totally without any point in that situation. You're just looking at them having a good, a good laugh. I, I pray... I like those meetings because the Holy Ghost has got it, you know. He's in control, but there's a, there's a joy. I pray that you would leave this place with joy. Joy. The joy of the Holy Spirit. We used to sing songs. He gives me living water and I thirst no more. And we'd clap along, but then we'd get into the next verse. Ah, ha, 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 hallelujah. Ah, ha, 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 hallelujah. Ha, 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 You couldn't help it by the... You try it three times, you sing the ha By the third one, you'd be like. <laughs> By the other way, we sing ho, 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 hosanna. Ha, ha, hallelujah. He, 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 save me. I've got the joy of it. No wonder people are backslidden. No wonder. <laughs> That'll do it. Psalm 63, verse 7. For you have been my help, and in the shadow of your wings, I will sing for joy. Psalm 9 verse 2, I'll be glad and exult in you. I'll sing your praise to your name. Almost I will be glad. Another translation says, I will be glad and rejoice in you. Psalm 511, let all those who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them ever sing for joy. Maybe, maybe I haven't convinced you on that thought. James 5 13, is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. And then why do we why do we sing and worship? What's the horizontal benefit of praise and worship to bring the presence of God? Number eight, the Bible says, Psalm 22, verse three, we know it all by heart. He inhabits the praises of his people. And where his presence is, there is joy because the Bible says in his presence, there is fullness of joy. Oh, church, I want to encourage us. I pray we have a revival in our praise and worship. 
I'm believing God for a revival. I, I pray that, that, that we don't have to work someone up. You know, Sunday mornings, it's like we come in with our defibrillators. First song. All right, clear. Here we go. Boom. All right, let's do another song. Clear. I pray we walk in here and whether the praise and worship leader on their game, whether the best, maybe our worship leader one Sunday is just an old lady squeezing a cat under her arm, whatever it's like. I just pray that we'd be a church that know how to rejoice and be glad in the goodness of Jesus. We, hey, we got six minutes. Can we get a praise team up here? Why don't we take a little bit of time this morning and just close this meeting out with a song of praise and a song of worship. We serve a good God. We serve a mighty God. Oh, hallelujah. Pastor George, do you you agree with what I was preaching today? You do? Good. It's encouraging. Thank you. Do you agree, Pastor Keith? I agree. I just, I want want heaven in this place. I I want the touch of God. I don't don't want church to be as dry as chips. Not enough power to blow the... Buzz off a peanut. I'm believing God that when we walk in here, all of heaven is in this house in the name of Jesus. Bless God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Do we have a band? They're coming. They're coming. Bless God. Why don't we stand for just a minute? Can we take a minute and just worship Jesus? Take a little minute and celebrate the goodness of our God. Do you love Jesus in the house? Man, I like the nine o'clock. You people are the real Christians. Do you love? Come on, if you love Jesus, give him a shout of praise in the house of God. Hallelujah! Oh, there you go. Ha! Boom! Thanks for listening to this message. We hope it was an encouragement to you. If you'd like to know more about David and Donna, please visit our website, davidhall.com.au.